I have found with choices and the program I did and the women that I still connect with and will connect with all the rest of my life. It was the missing link through all of this. There was always something missing as I was going along and until I joined this program, it's people that get it. Welcome back to the Women's Wellness Podcast by the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. It's a podcast where we talk about women's health needs throughout every stage of life, from young women through to midlife women, women's health after a cancer diagnosis, and women who are living with type 2 diabetes. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's leading researchers in women's health. I'm Professor Deborah Anderson, the founder and director of the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative and Dean of the Faculty of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney. I've spent my career dedicated to helping women be the best they can be. And today on the podcast, I'm joined by Amanda Lehan. In 2019, Amanda was diagnosed with a rare soft tissue sarcoma after noticing a lump in her groin. Not long after receiving this diagnosis, she was also diagnosed with breast cancer. Three years on, Amanda has joined me today to tell her story. And her journey has not been an easy one. But amidst the turmoil, pain and uncertainty, Amanda says she has found comfort in connection and support with the Women's Wellness After Cancer program. Amanda, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing your journey with us. No problem. Amanda, can you take us back to 2019 and the day you received your diagnosis? Yes. Okay. So it was oh, beginning of the year. I think it was about February, March 2019. I actually thought I just pulled a muscle in my leg. Um, and about a week later, I was sort of just touching around the area that I hurt and um, noticed a lump. And straight away, my mum gets to the doctors, you know. So went to the doctors. They put me in for a series of tests, referred me to specialists straight away, had to go in, do biopsies. So everything was pretty quick. Didn't have much time to think about things. It was a bit of a whirlwind. And once I had got the core biopsy done on the sarcoma, came back obviously that it was a sarcoma they had already set up a plan to start radiation I needed 25 rounds of radiation they'd scheduled the surgery around this radiation so I'd started that while I was in radiation they put me also in for a PET scan just to check the rest of my body and it picked up that I had breast cancer as well so that too was devastating finally I actually shed a tear while I was at radiation. Actually, I think it was more so my children were sitting in the waiting room when I got told the news and I mm -hmm. had to go, go out to them. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't prepared for anything. I didn't know how to tell them. I, yeah, I, I didn't say anything straight away. I waited mm. till I got to my mother, of course. I had a bit of a breakdown then. Then... It was, okay, how are we going to deal with this? Because the date was set for my surgery on my leg and it was quite a big surgery. So anything that I needed doing, um, normally you do chemo first with breast cancer, 
but they had to do surgery first. So they put me in for a lumpectomy. They didn't get clear margins. So they had to put me straight back in about a week later or two weeks later. I had to get a mastectomy done and I didn't have the choice of reconstruction because I wouldn't have been healed in time for uh, my leg surgery. So my body had to basically be able to take this surgery. Mm. So they did the mastectomy and then in 16th of July, 16th of July, I'll never forget that date, 2019, I went in and had the sarcoma removed and... Yeah, they had to take a, a muscle out of my stomach and put it into the cavity in my leg that they took out because the sarcoma was eight centimetres. And actually, mm. it was funny, the, the breast cancer that was picked up on the PET scan, it showed up as a pin dot on the PET scan, a little dot. And you could clearly see the sarcoma in my leg because it was eight centimetres. But the breast cancer was actually bigger than the sarcoma after they did the mastectomy and tested the margins and that it was 10 centimeters and a mammogram didn't even pick up the breast cancer either so even after they had been told so this is how scary the breast cancer is it was invasive Mm. lobular cancer so they call it a very sneaky cancer so and I really had no idea of all the terms like it was everything was so clinical and and yeah until I met Janine and and she broke everything down for me I felt really stupid I didn't know I was too scared to ask question questions because I thought I'm so far into this with surgeries and I haven't really asked any questions and I had so many people coming at me all at once. I just did what I was told basically because I had no idea. I didn't know whether to question anything. I had oncologists for chemo coming at me and it's just like I I don't want to do chemo and they weren't sure whether I was going to do chemo or not. And I thought if I ignore that problem, it'll go away, but it didn't. But, yeah. Jenny, I remember being in my hospital bed and I think it was during one of the, the after the breast surgery, the mastectomy and Janine come in and I had a conversation with her and um, and at that stage, Janine was just one of all these other people that come and see me. And I just thought, it's fantastic that so many people want to help you, but that becomes confusing too. And, and I'm, I'm not- sure many of our listeners would empathise with you in finding the hospital setting overwhelming. Well, um, yeah, so many medical specialists coming at you, prescribing treatment and other staff giving you more information to digest. That must have been really overwhelming and disorientating experience for you. How did you navigate that minefield and what helped you with this process? Well, like I said, that that's when I found Janine and she took everything off me. Basically, she took okay, you, you know, it was okay for me. She let me know it was okay not to know what was going on with me and I wasn't to feel dumb. She was like my PA. She said, okay, everyone that's come to you with questions of what you want to do or, you know, because people were coming to me about prosthesis and I was like, and, and bras and, and I'm just thinking I just, I don't even know where to go with that. They're talking about, you know, what, what to claim through Medicare and, and it's just like I, I can't even get my head around what's going on. I had no time to process. And she said, okay, well, 
I'll take all this off you. So she was my one-stop shop, like my, my own personal PA. And when I had a question, I went to her. I, I would bring her or, or contact her. So I formed a real bond and, and trust. And that's all you want. I've, I've got so many doctors, specialists and physios, and that's a different side of it. But, you know, family and friends... Yeah, there's things that you don't want to discuss, especially with close family members, because it scares them. Yeah. And Janine, I can, you can, I could talk to her about everything and anything. So when you're talking about Janine, we're talking about um, Janine Portersteel from the Wesley Choices uh, program, correct. and she's a, acted as a breast cancer nurse. And yes. so what you're saying is she was able to really help you navigate this absolute minefield of specialists and information and also be a conduit for you to talk privately about those things that you can't discuss with your family and friends um, but you can openly discuss there yeah that's correct and you know and and some of the things you know you you don't want to discuss with you it's embarrassing yeah it's real personal personal stuff that goes on with your body and that and you know I, just, I had that one person that I was happy to do that with and, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know where I would have been without Janine. I really don't. That's um, great to hear. And then during, after your treatment, Janine introduced you to the Women's Wellness After Cancer Program and this is one that's run out of the Wesley Hospital Choices Cancer Support Centre in Brisbane. For those of our listeners who aren't aware of the program, this is a 12-week evidence-based lifestyle intervention program to support women after a cancer diagnosis to regain their health and wellness. Amanda, what was your experience with the program and what did you find most valuable? It's funny because I've never been a program person. I don't know, it's just me personally. Uh, When Janine told me about this program, it was during COVID time. So she sort of gave me a heads up, we do these programs, blah, blah, blah. As it got sort of closer where all the lockdowns were lifted and and that, she invited me again. And I thought, okay, I've trusted Janine so far with, and she's been spot on with everything. So I decided, okay, I'll put my brave hat on and go in. And it was a real eye-opener. I found my place. There was something missing in the whole scheme of things. Like I said, friends and family can take you so far through this and eventually a lot of friends, they drop off. They don't want to know things anymore, you know, and that that's just natural. That's life. But, yeah, this program, it stays with you. It's It's still just because after the 12 weeks, it doesn't finish there. You can always reach out. You know, I, I learned things about how important exercise was. I know exercise is important, but I just didn't realise how much it could help through treatments. And unfortunately, I'd already been through my radiation treatments and chemotherapy treatments. We couldn't do the program because of COVID lockdowns, but I did it after treatments and it just... it makes sense everything that they were talking about it was great to connect with my peers people with other cancers and that was the point in time I didn't feel alone anymore like I said I I found my place my community 
because when you get a cancer diagnosis, that this is the rest of your life, whether you're in remission or you're starting to travel down a different path. So it was important to find that that community where I belonged from, you know, moving forward. Yeah, and we know that living with a cancer diagnosis, as you've just said, you're living with a, a cancer diagnosis. It doesn't finish no. whether you're in remission or undergoing your treatment. And as you said, requires more than 12 weeks support. So the program, you know, gives you that 12 weeks support. But how has the Women's Wellness Program helped set you up to have ongoing support networks for you and your family? It's just that, that one-stop shop. If I have problems with myself, with you know, whether it be medical problems, I contact Janine. It's there and I, I've made a lot of friends through that wellness program. So we also connect through Messenger and occasionally we, we catch up face to mm-hmm. face. But we ask the questions and we, we throw around ideas and, you know, Janine, she'll always try because it's so hard to get into doctors sometimes. So, you know, she'll always, you know, suggest something. Obviously, it's, it's how can I put it? Well, just, just recently, like I've been suffering after effects of COVID and I've had pains in my chest for a number of weeks now. Contacted Janine and I just said, I can't get rid of these pains. She said, try Nurofen, try this. And so I did what she said. So it's all sort of over-the-counter stuff that I know is, is safe for me. And, yeah, bingo, it, it helped. So, you know, obviously I had to get to my doctors, but, you know, it, it gets you through to the next stage, I, I suppose. There's support for the family, like a lot of stuff, like my, my children's school, they offer support to them, but they've, I don't know, the, the kids are funny. They're teenagers, 16 and 17. I think they think mum's had a treatment, she's had a surgery and everything should be fine. You know, I I do try and, you know, but but they know. They know about Janine. My mother passed out in the hospital here at Icon. Straight away I rang Janine. I said, I don't know what to do. This was before I started chemo. This was my my talk about chemo that was starting the next week. My mother in her 80s, she passed out in there and ended up in emergency. And I mm. just, I was on crutches because I was still getting over my surgery. And I called Janine. She comes straight to me. And luckily it was at the Wesley. She comes straight to me and and helped me out. It's just, and she said, I'm here, you know, no matter what time, if, yeah, she's yeah. just... So my, my children know about Janine, and, you know. So <laughs> and I, I, think, I think you've hit on something. A lot of the women tell us that when um, once they get home and the cancer treatment's over, that everyone wants them to just be back to normal. You know, they, 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 like you said, your friends, your family, your husbands, your children, it's like, okay, that's finished now. Can we just get on with life? Whereas uh, you're there the casseroles stop coming around, the um, board and flowers, and suddenly it's you with a whole bunch of confusing messages. Um, um, You're not alone in this journey, Amanda, and there are so many women listening to this story who have gained so much from hearing your story today. What advice would you like to share with anyone undergoing cancer treatment or in remission? You know, I I used to love... Working on that word remission. When can I be remission? And I was I wasn't obsessed by it, but 
it let me down because I had a recurrence of the sarcoma in my leg last year. It was just outside the radiation field. So they, they said I had probably one cell that just fired off again. I was so disappointed that I thought I was in remission and I thought, I don't think I'll ever feel like, I don't want to be saying I'm in remission anymore because I set myself up for a disappointment there. Yeah. Um, and I know anything can come back at, at any time, but I really wanted to say I was in remission, but I thought, well, that's not all what it's cracked up to be because, you know, it, it happened again. But all I could say is you have to find your place in all of this and I have found with with choices and the program I did and the the women that I still connect with and will connect with for the rest of my life it was the missing link through all of this there was always something missing as I was going along and until I joined this program it's people that get it and there's no questioning of of anything no one will just drop off and, and go away like friends and like you said, the casseroles stop and that that um, these people are, are there for life. So I know I've got that support. It's like I don't have to go back and then ask people for help again. Like that help was, is always going to be there. And like, and I, I can call Janine a true friend now. She's not just an acquaintance. Like she's a, a friend and, yes, I'm very blessed to have have her with me during this as we are to have her on our women's wellness research collaborative janine has been such a key conduit in joining the research to the actual people um and janine's like this this wonderful conduit that has helped us work on this program to make it meaningful for women after cancer yeah and and one thing i found was what a lot of people, we all do it, we jump on Google, we try and research ourselves and it that's scary because you don't know what's fact, what's not. And now if I need to find out anything, I'll contact Janine because she knows where to get her resources from, where to get those answers from. And she always said to me, if I can't answer something, she said, I will go and find out. She knows the reputable websites to get the information from. So, yeah. Well, that's great to hear, Amanda, because that was one of the main reasons that we developed the program to stop. You know, we know there's such a lot of misinformation out there for women after cancer. And what we wanted to do is bring that evidence-based information to a place where women could interpret it for themselves. So that is um, good to hear. Amanda, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today on the Women's Wellness Podcast. You've been through so much on your cancer journey and I'm sure there are many of our listeners who have really valued hearing your words of wisdom and support today. We wish you all the best on your wellness journey. And if anyone listening would like more information about the Women's Wellness After Cancer Program, you can visit dawncomplete.org.au and find details about the program under the Our Programs tab. You've been listening to Women's Wellness Podcasts from the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. You can find us at wellnessresearch.org.au.